All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Life Between the Sticks with Cody Cropper, your host, Brandon, and we are back. MLS Week 17 in the books. We are skipping these midweek games. Cody ain't got the time for it, no. but we are sticking to the weekly recordings and guests galore. You brought another friend back, didn't you? Yes, uh, London Woodbury, uh, former professional and teammate of mine from the New England Revolution. Welcome, London. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. That's right. <laughs> Obviously, you guys played together with the Revs. I, as I told you, Lana, I had your bio pulled up, and you guys had a sick kit. Any idea what year that was? 2016, maybe? I'm going to say 2016, 2017. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to eBay after this. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a was, fire kit. It was. It was. It was a good one. I, I, I mean... I, I, I was about to say, I think the Charlotte Independence also had a kit with like a similar format. Really? You know? Interesting. Yeah. I'm pretty Interesting. sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, look, Revs, you guys always have a leg up. Red, white, and blue, navy and stuff. You had, a, you had good color combos to play with, obviously, which is good. Um, but Cody, uh, I'm sure you were billed out many times by London. Uh, how, how was it hanging out with him? How did you guys start to kick on? You know, what, what's kind of your guys' history? Well, we actually lived in the same apartment complex, um, and my roommate, Femi Hollinger-Jansen in London, and I actually spent quite a lot of time uh, driving to and from training together, because uh, at one at one stage, London, correct me if I'm wrong, your car was, you sold your car, or it was in the shop? Yeah, not even in the shop, bro, got totaled. So oh, that's, that's my, right. my girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, was taking my car to work one morning and got in an accident, just a small fender bender, but ended up bending the frame. So it was a complete loss or total loss. So yep. yeah, that was, that was the end of that. So yeah, it took a couple of weeks for me to get a new car. So I was definitely hitching a ride for probably three weeks, maybe two, two or three weeks, but yep. I appreciate yep. that nonetheless. <laughs> No, don't have to say that. <laughs> we're we're eight years down the road now, my friend. Imagine, I think you said thank imagine, you so many times. Yeah, must have. <laughs> must have. But yeah, no. So our relationship, uh, you know, kicked off kind of with the the carpool sessions and uh, just getting to know each other a little bit better, and then obviously all of our on the field antics. So, uh, you know, we've had a we've had a relationship for eight or nine seven or eight years now. And, um, obviously this podcast is, is helping me to reconnect with former teammates and, you know, London, obviously being one of them. Love it. Love the bromance between the center backs and the goalkeeper. There's far better bromances on a pitch than that without a doubt. (laughs) Um, but Cody, you were telling me that London, uh, back in Texas transitioned. Um, I guess you can kind of tee into, to what he's up to now. Yeah. Um, you know, from my understanding, you're, you're an Academy coach, right? And you are preaching the Austin way. Let's, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. So after I stopped playing, I took some time away from football, but you know, was kind of itching for it and, you know, stumbled upon an opportunity with Austin FC's Academy and then got in there and, you know, the rest is history. I've been here going on or finishing up my, my second year with them. You know, I've worked with, U13s, U14s, U15s, and then some U17s and some individual base sessions. But yeah, it's just been a a good growth period for me. You know, I feel like it gives, I've had, I've 
developed a much different perspective of the game now that I'm on the other side of the lines and, you know, I, I see things a lot differently. So, you know, I give me a, I guess, a, a refresher for my love of the game. You know, I have a, I'm reinvigorated to, I guess, compete and, you know, try new things and learn as much as I can. So yeah, Austin's an awesome environment for, for a young coach to be in within the Academy. You know, we got, really, really experienced coaches and, um, you know, I guess the higher ups who, you know, who have been around, you know, they, they've, you know, I guess have the experience and pedigree of people that you want to be around that are going to, you know, push you forward. So it's been an awesome experience, man. I've, I've learned so much and we actually won a trophy this year, which was pretty, pretty awesome. We won the, the yeah, we won the GA cup, which is like, I don't even, I, I guess Dallas Cup was the biggest thing when I was a kid. But GA Cup is like the thing now. It's like all MLS, all MLS uh, academies and like the top, some top European academies. So it's a, it's an awesome event. And we were fortunate enough to, to lift the trophy at the end of the tournament. It was wild. It was crazy. Like they run these kids, they run these kids into the ground, bro. Like we played seven games in nine days, which Ooh. is ridiculous i mean they're they're shortened games but at the same time like Still. mentally taxing you know like oh. trying to get these kids to you know do the right thing at the hotel you know so yeah and it was we know at 13 14 to oh, or man. even 17 it's impossible to to rein in kids at you know at that age and and yeah. have them eat the right way or go to yeah. bed at 10 or 11 o'clock to wake up for a 9 a.m or 10 a.m game yeah gotta try to manage a lot of those things. I don't, I don't think <laughs> professional coaches have really no. I concern themselves with these type of things, but yeah, curfews, yeah. cell phone pickup, you know, eating the right thing, all the little stuff, but it, it's been yeah. awesome so far. Yeah. I mean, That's even great. doing like That's a recovery great. workout at the end of the night or, um, you know, trying to like, okay, Hey, here's a little bit of tactical heads up on the, on the scouting report of, of the next game. I mean, that stuff comes at you thick and fast. Um, you know, I can see. So, but yeah, so, uh, what born, born in Texas, back in Texas, kind of full circle. Yeah. Born in Oklahoma actually, but I grew up in Texas, you know, but yeah, moved back to Texas after playing, I guess, seven years professionally ended my career here and, you know, started a family and, you know, we, we love Texas. We we're in Austin and I, I always say it's like the, the coolest city of the big cities in Texas. And it's not even that big compared to the rest. So it makes it kind of nice. I was, uh, I was just there last weekend. So if we would have done this two weekends ago, we could have connected. That's on me, <laughs> we, but we had a we, blast. We, I can, Texas was great. My, my wife got some boots from Allen's boots. So, you know, we did it there you real go. authentic. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You were in oh, Austin. What's that? You were in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. My cousin okay. got married there. So we we're, we we're hanging out and, uh, we were in, oh, I already forgot where we were, but just right around 5th, 6th Street, kind of oh, okay. just outside of downtown. In the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. Your first great. time to Austin? It was. Yeah. I got man. so sunburned on Lake Travis. Yeah, sounds about right. It was actually, like, concerning. <laughs> but uh, uh, that Minnesota fair skin, Brandon. Yeah, my, my Welsh <laughs> heritage did not help me. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead, guys. Uh, a ton of results uh, over the weekend. Um, I guess we should shout out that the LAFC Club Leon uh, CONCACAF Champions League is going on right now. Leon have the advantage. So that'd be 2 1 on aggregate. We'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that score as we go through the podcast, and especially if you guys want to touch on any of that. But 
Eastern Conference, Cincinnati still at the top, 39 points. Nashville second on 31 points. Bit of separation, nothing that is impossible. Philly uh, on a bit of a good form run. They are on 30 points. So that is your top three. New England, who was there uh, in and around it, down to 27. Um, pressure might have been too much for them. Uh, Inter-Miami just sacked manager. Uh, Neville out there in bottom of the East on fifth in 15th place on 15 points, Chicago on 14th and New York city FC 13. So good news for Toronto as they climb out of the basement back on the Western side, St. Louis back on top 28 points. Does that surprise you guys that uh, top of the East is 39 points and top of the West is 28 points. Is that, is there a disparity where the East is easier than the West, the West and more competitive Seattle is a good team. They're only on 27 points. For me personally, it it varies year to year. Um, I think when London and I were playing with the Revs, the East was a stronger division, stronger conference, however you want to word it. Um, And I think by the time we both left, I would say the West had kind of taken over when uh, LAFC was competing with Seattle, Seattle and, and Portland. Um, SKC had kind of shifted, uh, had was at the top there. And now obviously they're trying to make a a way back their way back up. But, uh, I think it, I think it varies year to year. I I can give credit a little bit here, London, St. Louis, right. Um, they've only played 14 games, so they've got two, three games in hand on a lot of the other games you know, six, nine points really changes the narrative and puts them on a little bit of parity. But even Seattle, 17 games played, that's the most as any other team, 27 points, LAFC, 25 points. But they've only played 12 games so far. Uh, Have fun making those games up. But those are problems of the big teams with LFC and CONCACAF Champions League. St. Louis, I'm not really sure why they're behind, but I guess there is maybe a little bit of a, a hedge on their part, having not played as many games towards the top. Yeah, I, th- I think you'll see a, a lot of shift in uh, the table coming up in the, in the next few weeks just because there's going to be a lot of midweek games and teams are going to be, you know, forced to play two, three games in a week. So, you know, those are always going to be tough, tough weeks on teams. And if you if you can get, you know, maximum points in those trips, obviously it's going to set you apart. But obviously you got to get through the grueling, you know, summer travel, all that, all that good stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll kind of see how things shake out. I should uh, clarify it. It's actually three, one, uh, LAFC on aggregate. Does that sound right, Cody? Yeah. Uh, club Leon is winning three, one on aggregate. Correct. There you go. Um, all right. So gentlemen, uh, some of the games that we have here, we obviously want to start with Atlanta or I'm sorry, Austin FC. It's been a long day. I apologize. London, uh, Austin one Real Salt Lake two, um, you know, goals uh from Austin side coming from Cascante, Ruben with the double for Real Salt Lake. Um, as we I guess I didn't really mention, but um Austin in eighth right now in the Western Conference, in and amongst it, right? 19 points, 16 played, uh, you know, firmly in the playoff zone. I mean, at this point, right, there's a little bit of reshuffling, kind of kind of retooling from last season. Um, but what are you making of Austin's season so far as they um just having to fight a little bit harder, I think, than a lot of us expected. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's been, I mean, obviously they didn't win anything last year, but I feel like it's a bit of a hangover of such a successful season. You know, I feel like they've, you know, maybe 
didn't start as hot as they did the previous year or as hungry, you know, but I think that's completely normal. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a challenging year, especially with the injuries. You know, I think Cascante got hurt in the first game of the season. Um, freaking Drew, got hurt. He's just making his way back, getting minutes. So I feel like when you're missing big pieces like that for long periods of time, pieces that you depend on, you know, it's always going to, it's hopefully it doesn't, but sometimes, you know, it's going to affect the, the, the quality of play you're putting out on the pitch, but yeah. you know, go ahead. Yeah. I, I agree with that, uh, London. And I think, um, you know, one of the things I would say is I think the lack of offensive production, but that lack of offensive production might be coming because of the injuries that they've suffered. Right. And um, then you obviously have so much offensive firepower that you're rotating players constantly. I mean, you got, you have Diego Fagundes, you have uh, Ethan Finley, you have uh, Giassi Zardes, Drew Yusey when he's fit. Um, you know, the, so there's constant rotation and maybe some of these guys aren't finding their rhythm together as they were last year. And, you know, I think it, it speaks volumes, you know, this year, they only have 17 goals uh, to this point of the season. And I think they had um, five or five to 10 more at this point of the season last year. So yeah. again, that obviously gets off to your hot start yeah. last year, but it also the injuries and the lack of rhythm comes into play as well. Yeah. And it was a, it was a really hot start last year. I think they yeah. won, won a game, a couple games, five nil, had a mm -hmm. few three nils in there. So yeah. Yeah. It's been a different season, but you know, MLS is about, I mean, depends, depends what you want to win. You want to win supporter shield, which might be out of reach now, but, or you can always win the MLS cup, which is, you know, equal, equally as good of a, of a prize. Agreed. You know, credit to Austin though, 57% possession, 1.94 XG to 0.82 XG for Real Salt Lake. They had two big chances. Unfortunately, they missed one. Real Salt Lake got one of theirs. Like they did produce they did do well and again cascante's goal only coming in the 92nd minute you know right at the end real salt lake you know felt good about it they might have switched off but um they are producing in some of those standpoints it's just you know mls is a tough league and when you don't take chances and you maybe you don't take um opportunities uh, you know teams can punish you and i do think that that's a little bit um you know something they're having to fight on on certain things but um, you know, for the season being where they are, uh, I just had it here, uh, back down, you know, five, five wins, seven losses, four ties, right. You just gotta, gotta clean up the back, stop conceding. They can try to turn it around because RSL, I mean, they've, they've been very up and down this season mm -hmm. as well. Um, very similar from a standing standpoint. Um, they're ninth. Yeah. One below, right. They're the exact yeah. same record now. And, uh, it's it's definitely a battle, and I think we've seen Houston do well. We know Portland is going to be in and amongst it. Cody as well. Kansas City, we're not really sure if they're going to show up or not. And Minnesota, Vancouver above them. This kind of eight nine spot to get above the watermark in the playoffs is going to be really really contentious, especially in the West. And it's and it's something that every point is going to be crucial uh, throughout mm -hmm. this grueling season, especially when we take a pause for <laughs> for another competition midway through. You know, there, yeah. it's it's going to be a tough season for these players. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I think way more difficult than anything that London and I experienced during our time in MLS. Um, the, the, the fact that, as you said, the league is going to stop midway through for, uh, for the league's cup is, is wild to me. I think it's a three or four week minimum stoppage and the league has to fit these games in somewhere. So why not just throw them into the middle of a week and add three or four more, uh, three game weeks for everybody's schedule. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. The addition of, and the demand of these additional games and how teams adapt because the rosters haven't expanded. So depth is the same as it was the last 20 years or, you know, whatever it might be the last five years, 10 years. And you're just throwing more games in there and expecting them to be able to handle it. Yeah. It's like, a, I mean, how, how many games will teams end up playing at the end of the year? I think, what is it? How many league games? 32? Is it 32 yeah. league games? You add an Open Cup plus Leagues Cup. So you got to say. At least two additional... games for Leagues Cup, at least. Yeah, so I, I would say close to 38, 40 maybe. Yeah, top teams in CONCACAF Champions League. I was about to say, I'm thinking about LAFC. How many games will yeah. they end up have played at the end of the year? 40 plus. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of games. I mean, it's a lot of games in for, the for, hottest for, part of the year in the United States as well. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, I would say that uh, the 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 manager Josh Josh Wolf here, London, he did switch. You know, formation start off the four four two, ended with the three four three with an overly attacking lineup as they chase the game. I would say it's like it, you know, managers willing to make changes for you guys. Um, do you feel like you know how do how do you guys make those changes mid game? Is that something that you kind of is easy to prepare for. Like, how is it like for you as a, as a defender to go from a back four to a back three in those situations? Is that something you guys do uh, a lot of preparation for, or is it usually, Hey, at the end of the game, let's just try something different. I guess. How many formations do you guys really train with throughout a season to try to prepare for different situations, whether it's chasing a, a you know, down a goal, down a man, different things like that. I feel like, the managers I played for weren't overly tactical and weren't too concerned about those details, you know? So, you know, if we had to roll into a three from a four, you know, it was just obviously managing the space a little different. It wasn't too much, uh, I guess, direct instruction on how we were going to roll into a three from a four. It was just basically one play, one player got the communication from the coach and, you know, we, we figured it out that way. Yeah, I I, uh, I think I think sorry. Go ahead. Um, I no, think, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I I just think MLS is is evolving, and so is the game of football, obviously. But you know, I think those details are more they're more present now. You know, in 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 ways how teams will roll into threes from fours and fours to threes or fives from fours. You know, so it's a it's a different game, I think. Do you have to I communicate would, with your young players like in FIFA, but like ultra defensive, ultra attacking? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not those specific words, but I mean, we have, we have, you know, a vocabulary that some, some, like a new player that came into our system probably wouldn't understand what I was saying, you know? So. For sure. I, for yeah. sure. 
No, and and to build off that, London, I I agree. the The league is adapting and it's evolving and it's becoming ever more. It's becoming less um, transition based and mm-hmm. more tactic based. Right. Where teams are in coaches and and organizations and and players are having to learn how to break opponents down rather than when we played when I first came into the league it was a transition based league yeah. and it was the, it was the team that had athletic players that would win games you look at Atlanta United when Atlanta came into the into the league they hit teams on the counter and they were yeah. lethal yeah yeah yeah, they and it's like, a different game now. They messed up the league. We were not ready for Atlanta. No. They they came with the left hook, and we we're all expecting it to come from the right. Yeah. Uh, credit to them. Good for the league, though. It's good Absolutely. For the league. Hey, forces you to, to get better, right? Adjust. How do we just let an expansion team walk in here? Uh, well, to be fair, I guess St. Louis is doing a little bit of the Saint same, Lewis huh? Shaking it, it up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, well, San Diego, uh, call your <laughs> shots now. Let's see what's up. Donovan involved. Ooh, we'll get to that know. later. Mm. Huh? Said so I don't know if he is. No, that's He's true. not going to be involved. It's a different, it's a different uh ownership group. Yeah, I'm sure he'll find a way. Hey, how yeah, about sure Philly three, it. Montreal nil? Carranza with the double Ure, uh 36 minute. This game was signed, sealed, and delivered an hour in. Montreal yeah. again up and down on the roller coaster. It seems like Cody, it seems like Philly's kind of figured it out. Maybe they're beyond the CONCACAF Champions League. They're back on a rotation schedule. Curtin's starting to put some results together with this team. I was just going to say that. They are awesome. starting to show last season's supporter shield form. Um, you know, unbeaten in the past seven games, 13 goals, four, three against. I, I mean, this is this is the the team that we saw win the supporter shield and competing in MLS cup final. What wins uh, championships? Defense. But they got a, they got a top man and goal. Yeah. Oh, I'm, t- yeah. I'm telling you, if, if he doesn't make true. two, if he doesn't make, I think he had one or two saves in the first half. Two. Yeah. yeah. The one where like, he comes it, out and spreads. But yeah, the one v one. If he doesn't, say, yeah. they they scored right after that, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Andre Andre Blake for me, he's a difference maker for them. Like if if they don't have that goalkeeper, who knows where they are? You know, I agree. I rate him. Hey, so this I, is the sec. They've already played each other twice this season. Do you guys remember this three two in Montreal? Uh, they had the penalty in the third minute. They scored in the 90th plus eight minutes. They scored in the 90th minute. It was just absolute craziness for Montreal getting two stoppage time goals. Carranza got sent off in the 69 minute. There's MLS there. or I'm sorry. There's VAR reviews. It was just back and forth. This game was bonkers. Yeah. Philly came to right that wrong London. All right. You know what they said? You know what? All right. You got us there. You got some lucky breaks here's where we're at. Let us remind you what we're all about. And they, they did it top to bottom. Look good. I Cody dropping the stats, by the way, he's, he's, he's edging me with all these stats on their unbeaten run, the goals for, and things like that. But that is a tidy run from Philly. I mean, they, they drew Chicago lost to Cincy, which is respectable. Drew Kansas city lost to Orlando lost to Montreal. You know, they had a bit of a late, late, they had a wobble in late March, early April, but, they're they're right in that ship. It's a, it's a dangerous front three. When they get going, you know, 
I read Carranza. I'm, I just looked up his salary. He's not even on a million dollars, surprisingly. Really? Yeah. Just under a, just under a mil. He's probably getting it through something, but yeah, for sure. There's know. there's there's some ways to slip up some extra cash. Yeah, of course, but on paper it's under a million. I was like, come on, man, yeah. pay, the, pay the man. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty young. He's what? He's twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, I think so. He is twenty three. He was a two thousand millennium baby, uh, Argentinian. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's something special for sure, and you can see that in in his. And the way he shifts with the ball at his feet on that first goal, and he wraps that ball into the far post. Yeah. I mean, he sells the defender left, brings it back, and just wraps it in there. And and he puts it in an area where I don't think many goalkeepers are are, are plucking it out of. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah it's, a, it's a good finish. It's a very good finish. He's got nine goals and 42 shots, excluding block shots. So he's got a 21% conversion rate, and he's scoring about about every 137 minutes. So just under a game and a half. Uh, six goals inside the box, three outside. Mm-hmm. And he's got seven with his right, two with his left. No headers yet, no bicycle kicks, but he's showing he can score a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think... Um... For him to continue to climb the totem pole and for Philly to continue to keep the the momentum rolling, I think he's going to have to drop that, what did you say, 137 minutes between yeah. goals to, you know, something a little, you know, maybe under, under 100. But uh, I think that that's very capable for somebody of his ability. Well. I mean, we'll we'll continue to watch them. Philly preseason was always at the top, right, of of one of the teams to watch. Uh, you know, they had a very busy beginning of the season and we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Anything on Montreal, you guys? I mean, they've they've got they've had a couple good results, right? We we've talked about the fact that they can dig deep. Um, they they can they can do well on the day. I'm trying to look at their past results here real quick. I mean yeah, Drew DC United. I was just gonna say that. I mean, I watched the the game and they had their chances. You know, like, they did. Yeah, they're they're not a bad side at all. No, and and you guys have to remember the Canadian Championship final is this Tuesday. Exactly. So How could I, I was forget? gonna. I was gonna say they play Vancouver in Vancouver, uh, and I don't want to say it was a throwaway game for them. However, I think once they realized that you know, they were two zero down or they weren't getting back into this one. I think they made some significant subs and they might've even having Philly away, then traveling to Vancouver, they may have decided to start a lesser team versus Philly, take the loss and in hopes that they could put out a stronger team against Vancouver. Okay. Okay. Well, they made a triple sub at halftime kind of supports that. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think a lot of guys travel. Like a few guys didn't travel, I believe. Yeah. So. So. That or makes they sense. traveled and they just weren't even in the team. Right. They may they may have be, they they may already be in in Vancouver. Yeah. They may have gone straight to Vancouver from Philly. Do you is that is that auto, that's automatic Champions League bid? If you win that. Correct. Yep. So yep. it's obviously important competition north of the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have your medal. I do. Yeah. It's at home. 
All right. Won the can, won the can champ last year. Look, looking looking forward there to seeing go. that when you, next time <laughs> Canadian, I see you. Canadian um, legend. Unlimited Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> just just underneath Tim Hortons. <laughs> what uh yeah so it's obviously a big deal for these teams and, and to your point like i guess walk us through it for you guys as you progress how did you guys balance the 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 canadian championship on top of the mls season was it hey if we keep winning it's important did you guys like montreal did here kind of stack the deck once you got to the final to give yourself the best chance to win like how do you guys uh, balance that yes on both we were we prioritized the Canadian championship. So in weeks or in, I should say in the games leading into weeks where we had a Canadian, a midweek Canadian championship game, we rested guys that we knew we were going to play um, in that, in those games. Can uh, and five Canadians being uh, key players, because there is a, a requirement that you have five Canadians on the field at any given time. Or in the starting lineup, I believe. That's probably so, fair for the lower division teams, right? Ex exactly. Um, so when we got to the semifinal and final, we were definitely prioritizing um, the Canadian Championship over MLS games. And I can actually remember we had the CanChamp final on a Tuesday versus Toronto in Vancouver. We also played, but we played... Chicago at home before that and actually lost, I think three, three to one, three zero, um, to Chicago, but we had rested a handful, handful of players or only played them for 45 minutes just to keep the legs ticking over. You know what guys? And I appreciate that Cody London. If I give up a third goal and it deflects off two defenders and goes in over my head, cause I was a goalkeeper. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably pack it up too and head to Vancouver. Yeah, I would. I would too. That 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 was tough. That Karan's a goal. Super super tough. Uh, what a finish! Even, what a yeah, finish. great off great the dude, finish. He off the dude's it. foot, off the dude's back. Yep, looping over the goalkeeper. He didn't yep. even jump, did he? No, he no, because he had commit. He had committed to go low uh, on the original <laughs> shot, so he was on the floor and he just kind of watched it go over him. He was, he was dead he was dead in the water this this freeze frame on the mls site is tough tough no. look no bueno no bueno. oh man all right hey we're gonna take a real quick break cody you've got another sponsor for the pod that we're gonna plug to everybody tell them about a brand that you I love i do it's it's not exactly a sponsor but it is a brand that i love um and i'm actually repping them for the pod noble um get mine you should. I mean, you should have it on. No shortcuts, no gimmicks, no excuses. Uh, it's built for uh, the toughest workouts. They are obviously a um, CrossFit brand. However, they are starting to venture into other other sports. Golf uh, being one of them. Running being a major one for their for their footwear. Uh, but their apparel is is really good, and I I love wearing it in the gym. So. Uh, if you don't have any noble gear, go get yours. London. Let's see. Uh, next, you're on it. You're on it. I'm on it, it is good. Absolutely performance <laughs> brand, top tier clothes, top tier uh footwear. Uh, and it's all about no grit. If you love taking on the challenge, they're a great brand to partner with. Check it out. Uh Project Noble, uh, link in the description. 
Next one that we've got, gentlemen, on this one is New York Red Bull, nil, Orlando, three. Ray is with the red card in the 47th minute. Did not help with Angulo getting the goal in the 18th. Torres with the penalty in the 52nd. Okay. And then the brace in the 72nd. Good weekend for braces. If you get one, you're probably getting two the way it stands. All right, look, Cody, I don't know what to make. Orlando, Red Bull, already shaking things up. We've talked about them previously, about kind of the club, lack of the New York, or I'm sorry, lack of the Red Bull identity compared to Leipzig and Salzburg. I'll let you split this one open however you would like, sir. Um, <laughs> I look at it, and it simply was not Red Bull's night. Um, I think the inability to convert on 14 offensive chances created is is kind of shocking. Um they do a great job of 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 getting in front of goal and then they don't have that finishing touch and I think you know currently there are a lot of teams in the league that you can look at and say that about however I think Red Bull has historically been a, a team that scores goals uh and I mean correct me if I'm wrong London they they just haven't been this, you know, like Brandon said, they don't have that same identity as they had when we when we were in the league uh, together at, at New England. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, I look at it as like, you know, I know they, they're known for playing their young players. They had a super, super young lineup out there and Orlando had a very experienced team out there and it, it kind of showed in the game, you know especially with the first goal. I think somebody jumped when they shouldn't have jumped and, you know, took two passes to break all the lines and the guy was one V one with the goalkeeper. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one because I feel like everybody is familiar with like the Red Bull way and how they play. And yeah, I guess they're not displaying that as of late, but no, could be the no, summer no. slump. Cody could be the summer could, slump. It, it, it could be. We all know that that summer slump hits every team at some point, and uh, it's about how they, it's about how they respond to it. Um, that said, I will, I will uh, point out the first and third goals from Orlando are clinical counterattacking oh, yeah. football. I mean, and Angulo and Hulo, however you want to say it, I, you know, Angulo, Angulo I think Angulo. Angulo. Um, wow. This boy is lightning quick. <laughs> That's one thing about Oscar Preha. He will find him a s extremely fast Colombian to, uh, <laughs> towards towards the sidelines for him. Every team he coaches at, he's going to have at least one one or two Colombians just so fast. Just absolutely. He's a, he's a baller. He's a baller. What a finish. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, what is it? The, is it the third one where... I mean, he drives past Amaya. I mean, he's maybe five yards. I think Frankie Amaya has a five-yard head start on him. And this guy roasts him and then has the the composure to find the pass across the box to the on-running striker. Yeah. Good um, finish, too. Yeah, very good finish. That was his second yeah. one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was his yeah, that was his second goal. Yeah. Or they look good. They look good. Orlando. They do, good. they do, and and I think it, it's also super interesting to note that they actually have a better away record than they do a home record. Orlando, haven't they done that in the past? Also, I feel like they did that like a couple seasons ago or last season. 
Yeah. But yeah, it might have been the year where they were competing in the where they won the um, U.S. Open Cup. Was that last year or two years ago? Couldn't even tell you. Is that when they had like Nani an attack? Uh, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, two, three, three at home, two wins, three losses, three draws at home, four wins, one loss, two draws away on the road. Uh, look, it's swampy in Orlando. That's tough, right? Fair enough. That's so funny. You guys talk about the summer slump. Like we got that in my day. I'm a desk guy. I got a day job. We got summer slump real bad right now. It got nice all of a sudden. You're gonna tell me pro athletes, you guys got summer slump? What's going on here? Oh, we, we I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know it was an office thing. I thought it was a soccer thing. Oh, bro. Like it gets nice. All of a sudden, everybody's like, you know what? Maybe I'm just gonna go for a walk or you know what? I, I'm hitting the patio for beers. I don't need to do this. <laughs> Productivity goes down this summer. That's yeah, so they should they should do a funny. study on that. Like, I guess the markets that are like have nice summers you know miami austin la yeah it's like a drug up here in minneapolis or London. Or, or the ones that have hot summers too because training yeah, in yeah. the heat is no joke yeah. either training in the heat while you're having fun i don't know tough, how any it's professional a, it's a tough life plays in houston like kudos oh, to them it was it was awful we i mean we were training at like 7 a.m that's it was, crazy it was, it was crazy london's I laughing think, at us he's like you minnesotans he's like what's your problem austin gets pretty hot also i'll say yeah. probably austin and houston are probably the what, the hottest markets yeah uh i would say i mean miami and you know have got to be up there too humidity, the humidity there as well those, yeah the humidity yeah. there has got to be brutal no az but, market so that's out of the mix yeah Hmm. I mean, there is an AZ market, just not MLS. Yeah, correct. Phoenix Rising was just there a few weeks ago. Um, man, I sound like I'm just traveling all the time. How obnoxious. Uh, last one, gentlemen, speaking of Houston, St. Louis 3, Houston Donuts. Uh, penalty kick again, Leuven this time. Ostrock 51st in Jacquini in the 83rd minute penalty. I'm going to break this open with two penalties, two different takers. London, what's your strategy? You're coaching now. You go with yeah. the same guy twice, or do you like to switch it up and have it someone else take it? The, the score is 2-0, right? At that Wait, point, the score is 2-0. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm saying it, it made it 3-0. But yeah. I'm saying, I, I don't know what happened, because um, who who went up to take it? What was the guys? Who Leuven? took the first one? Yeah, Gion, uh, Yeah, so Leuven gave it to Gionacci, right? Correct. But it like it looked like he turned around, and it looks like he was looking at somebody. So I don't know if... Somebody told him to give it to him or, you know, so who, who I think knows he, what their relationship is. I think is. he asked for it first. He said F off. You think? Uh, yeah. And then he was like, maybe that wasn't the right move, you know? <laughs> He's been watching Ted okay. Lasso. He's like, maybe I should let this guy take the pin for the morale yeah. of the team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, something I don't know. happened <laughs> in this highlight. So Lubin's pissed and Celio comes over and is like, hey, man, it's fine. So that's what I'm, I'm just asking you. Like, he wants his goal bonus. Well, like, yeah, that's fair. That's, but like, what, what do you, what do you think like as a coach now? Right. Because Cody and I have talked about this as goalkeepers. Like if uh, the same kicker comes up, I now think I have an advantage is the goalkeeper right. just because that taker, the, the kicker, they're thinking, are they going to go the same way? Are they not like, they're all up in their head twisted up. So like, as a coach, do you think it's good to put a different one in there or always stick with your number one? 
Well, if he scored the first one, I I think it's up to him. You know. All right. I think he want. I think he wanted to take it, but I, he did. I, if the if the scoreline's two nil, I don't really have a problem with it. You know, if they're gonna ha- if they're gonna see the game out, I have no problem with it, as a, as a coach. But I'll leave it up to them. Um, yeah, that was nice of him. You know. <laughs> yeah, it was. Maybe. And you can even see in the celebration that the one the the player who actually ends up taking it and scores it Jim during the celebration it. says thank you. Yeah. 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 He probably needed that, you know. Maybe yeah. I, I don't long, think he I don't think he had a goal in like his last four or five games. Well, Klaus uh, yeah. has been mopping it up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, St. Louis is on fire. Yeah, they are. I mean, they they continue to stun the league. Yeah. They really they're, do. I mean, they're having kind of like the same start that Austin had last year. Scoring yeah. a bunch yeah. of scoring a bunch of goals at home. Yeah. Yeah. And like goals that just fell into their lap the first five games, too. Oh, the back pass. You remember that? Straight back back passes. They had like three back passes. I think one of them was in Austin. Collusion. Not going to talk about that right now. Oh, okay. All right. But yes. (laughs) So you got to file that move on. Yeah. File that and move on. Factually um, correct, unwilling to discuss uh, St. Louis. Uh, They've had a bit of a wobble. Again, they're they're behind on games. They'll figure it out, but they're winning without Klaus. So I have a friend who is from St. Louis, and he was just like Roman Berkey for mayor. He's a legend. We're not even yeah. a season in, and Berkey yeah. is absolutely adored by this team. Tell you what, you talk about Andre Blake earlier, London. Berkey's a difference maker. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, hundred percent. I mean, you got to have yes. that. You got to have that if you want to compete. You know. At any, at any level, you know, if you don't have a good goalkeeper, you're going to, you're going to be leaking in goals most likely, or, you know, you're not going to be able to, I guess, have the edge in those tight games. Got to have a keeper who can make those saves in the big moments. He's got so. an 80% save rate right now, code. Wow. That he's is... going to be, he's going to be an all-star for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, And I mean, that goes into what I was going to say. They actually have the best goal differential in the league. Um, one team has a better goals for, and that's Columbus, but one team has a better goals against, and that's Nashville. That's clean sheet FC, uh, SC, right? Clean sheet SC. Technically they, they are an SC. Technically they are an SC. Um, but yeah, I mean, in their last three games, they've scored 10 goals and only conceded one. I think that speaks volumes to not only their offensive production, uh, and conversion, but the ability of, Roman Berkey in the back four that they've started because yeah. they took, I mean, if you look at the back four, I know, I know you, teams are paying teams have been paying Tim Parker, a lot of money the last couple of years. And he has not maybe lived up to that amount of money at certain clubs. However, this year, that man is delivering for St. Louis mm-hmm. and you take Jake Nerwinski, who was, passed on at the end of last season in Vancouver signs as a free agent in St. Louis has started every game. And I mean, you know, like they went out and they signed guys, they signed MLS veterans at the back with experience in the league and it's paying off. Yeah. I mean, that's the front office for you right there doing that, doing their job. Yeah. So 100%. And well, but it's, it's always a coin toss. 
you know, <laughs> that's not, true. not, not all, you know, you can't, can't always bank on it, but when it works, you know, it's people are going to yeah. get, get, get the credit. It's absolutely, that, that was a, that was a, that was a, sorry, that was a fun game to watch. I thought, I thought Houston, even though they lost three, no, they, they showed some good quality football, especially after losing six to two to Vancouver, the, in the midweek. So I agree. I that's agree. What, that's what I was going to say. Houston's on a bit of a slide, guys. I hate to say it. They they hold their own in Texas, but outside that great Lone Star State, it has not been as good. They beat Austin 2-1 before that. They drew Dallas 1-1, so they definitely had a, a long kind of a, a tour de Tejas while they're down there, but other than that, like they're, they're struggling. They're just below the watermark, though. They're in 10th in the West, so there's obviously no real concern at this point about playoffs. Five one and one at home, great record. They have not won away. Houston, that, that, yeah, that has to be the thing you've circled as a coaching staff and say we got to fix this. So I will, I will say this, and I can remember having these conversations, London, when we were at the Revs. Win, win, or pick up, win two games, or pick up six points on the road, and you make the playoffs. You remember these, like. Yeah. That's, that's it? literally like if you season? win it if you win at home brandon if you win your home games and you pick up two three wins or you know six points in ties or however it might be you're you're gonna be in that conversation for playoffs because we in 2017 missed playoffs by one point to montreal we got edged out on the final day of the season we lost two games at home didn't win or pick up a point on the road all season. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was, that was a challenging year for everyone. It was was very challenging year. There were a lot of, there were a lot of issues that year. Um, But (laughs) in terms of results and the simplicity of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Win a couple away games, have a decent home record you should be in a, in a in the playoff hunt. spot. Yeah, for sure. Hey, great home record. Five, one, and one. I think St. Louis has six home wins. And then on the, oh my gosh, Cincinnati's 9 oh no home. So they're leading the pack as far as home record, but they're doing the business. They're right around it. They got LAFC next. Um, mm-hmm. You know, London. Yeah, I say that. That's, <laughs> that's going to be a little bit tough for them. Uh, but you said you've, you've seen flashes. Uh, of things they've done well. They have played well at times. Obviously, Herrera in the squad, they beat LA Galaxy 3-0, which unfortunately now doesn't look that great of a result because of how poor LA have been all season. Um, but what do you think they need to do or how are you evaluate, how are you seeing their season for them uh, kind of unfold? Not, I don't know. I, I'm not going to pass judgment, but clearly they have room for improvement. They want to be doing better. Yeah, I mean... I think they have a lot of positive to take away from, you know, arguably one of the highest teams in the league in St. Louis, you know, they, in that game, they had more passes completed. They had more possession. They had more shots. You know, I think they were unfortunate to come away with nothing. You know, obviously it was three nil, but two penalties, you know, and two penalties. And uh, I forget how they scored the other goal, but, you know, they had their chances and I really like Corey Baird. I really like, uh, forget the winger with the little Afro on the right side. 
uh, Kiraskia. So, what's his name? Kiraskia. Yeah, yeah. They got they got good players. They have good pieces. I just you know they're they're gonna have to get these results on the road to you know I guess give them a chance, a fighting chance of doing something with their season. But yeah, yeah Houston, Houston, Houston's been tricky. I feel like for a, a few years now. You know, I don't want to talk too much because I don't know you know the the big picture. But it seems like they're a long they're a long way away from the Houston of um what was that guy's name Brian Ching days you know yeah oh winning, yeah winning winning win MLS cups you know Stuart Holden you know Beasley yeah, Ricardo was there. Clark Ricardo Clark yeah so no. so okay so London your center back you guys ship nine goals in two games how do you hit reset mentally Oof. Oof. Well, I mean, you don't get really, really. I mean, what's the next game? You know, don't they play midweek coming up? Yeah, June tenth. So they got no, they got a week. They got oh, okay. a week to prepare for LAFC at home. Yeah, I mean, you really just got to keep grinding. You know, I guess try to find your shortcomings through through video sessions as much as you can. I I feel like these days the analytical part is is crucial. You know, you really can look at the details and try to try to make a difference of what you're doing, but just gotta, you know, keep believing and keep keep working hard because at the end of the day, you're still getting paid. It's a it's a game at the end of the day, a boys game that people love to watch. So try to try to get back out there and make the most of it. And I, the 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 ship will turn around eventually. The tide will turn eventually. Yeah, that's just part. That's yeah. just part of football. That's just part of football. You know, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it sucks. And 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 the tough part that I have found is that you forget you forget what got you to that level. And that's the love of the game and enjoyment of it. Because you get to a point where you treat it as a job and it becomes toxic. And you forget, like I just said, why you're there. Because you love the game and just go out and have fun. Yeah. Like it's a kid's game. Simple as that. Put 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 that loss or those goals behind you and focus on the next. I guess, sorry to harp on what Cody said. I guess it's tough when you forget about that. Like the the, the what got you there, all the mm-hmm. the 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 little things, the process. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think sometimes in tough moments you're so goal oriented you know when you forget about the process every day the little yeah. things are, that are going to get you to that end goal you know so a lot of a lot of learning without a doubt I, I i think back to some of the situations obviously nowhere close to love you guys are at but yeah man it, it's tough and sometimes like you just gotta you hope for the next game right and that way you can just like all right we can get a draw out of this like you know you know, get something, work on a clean sheet. You know, I always felt like we always did a bunch of extra defensive um, shape play and things like that, because, you know, clearly it's, it's an Achilles heel for them. Don't concede. You've got a chance. Um, the The second goal you're talking about, they actually conceded off a free kick, swung into the back post, headed it across. And oh, it was yeah. a bit of a scrap in uh, back to where it came from. And so they kind of conceded on all set pieces, 
you know, maybe maybe you can take that as a little bit, Cody, of a of a silver lining, saying we didn't give up from open play. But again, you can't be giving up penalties, uh, can't be giving up uh, those situations to to miss a mark and things like that. St. Yeah. Louis City are good. They they've got yeah. a tough little hole to dig themselves out of. Yeah, um, I agree, and I, I think you know, as as London said, you can walk away from this game and say, well, if we didn't concede from open play, we conceded from set pieces. Um, you know, as in basketball, free throws win you championships. I think, you know, you could argue in soccer, set pieces are a huge part of the game and being clinical on those moments or in those moments will help you win games or lose games. So for them, I think maybe that's something that they take away from this game and they say, okay, well, we need to clean that up. Yeah. Uh, so you, you guys got me thinking here a little bit, uh, Houston obviously shipped nine goals. They're only at a negative six goal difference. So I was kind of look, looking to see who's kind of conceded the most it's Charlotte with 30 goals conceded, but they've scored 22. It's gotta be stressful being a fan of Charlotte right now. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, but no if exactly none, but always scoring. Um, anyways, last thing I was going to say was, uh, the biggest negative goal difference right now, or like the biggest swing, I think it's LA galaxy is at negative 13. They're just not scoring at all and conceding. And I think, yeah, plus 18 goal difference on the other side. Like you said, Cody, St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Plus 18. That's, yeah. That's, That's nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> They're doing the business. 32 4 14 against Galaxy on the wrong side of that. 13 4 26 against. So, anyways, we're going to wrap there. London, fantastic having you on. Really appreciate you bringing now not only the, the professional angle, but the, uh, the coaching angle as you learn this new perspective from the sidelines. Yeah. Much different. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No, thank you for coming on. Um, obviously, always good to reconnect and, uh, you know, talk shop. So it was good. Awesome. Well, links to London in the description below. If you would go give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify helps other MLS fans such as yourself find us. Uh, but we'll be back with some clips midweek. Uh, hope you like it. Otherwise, we'll be back at the end of next week for the next week of MLS recap. So have a great week. We'll catch you back then.